0: Good evening, I'm Kwame Brown and welcome to the 2020 Real Talk Show. This has been a crazy month. I mean, President Trump has been impeached in the House of Representatives. He was impeached strictly across party lines. Then we start to listen to what's going on in Iowa. The Iowa caucus has been a total disaster. I mean, my elementary school elections with fifth graders running the show were better prepared than this circus that we're witnessing in Iowa. Then here it comes. President Trump walking in the U.S. House of Representatives to give his State of the Union speech. Now, he knew the Senate would not impeach him, but he could not help it. He could not wait until the speech to show off. He went straight at it by snubbing the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, by not shaking her hand. Now, as people say, he didn't see her reach out shaking her hand. Hmm. Uh, Well, then he starts to lay out all of these wonderful, exciting things that his administration has done to make America great again. I mean, I heard great things like, the economy is the best it's
1: ever been. Thrilled to report to you tonight that our economy is the best it has ever been.
0: Jobs were at an all-time high.
1: He was sending
0: down in this year's budget to permanently fund historically black colleges and universities. How could you be mad at that? And to fund vocational education in every high school in America. He said that unemployment was amongst the lowest minorities have ever seen it in the history of the United States. I mean, at this point, I stopped eating my chicken wings to focus on this newfound discovery. But hold up, it gets better. Then I received a text from my Republican friend, and he says, Hey, this is a new president that is moving in a more diverse than ever before place. And then he puts on a strong arm emoji. I look back at the president's speech. And then I heard the president awarding an opportunity scholarship to Janiyah Davis, a young African-American girl who was stuck in a failing school. I was like, Whoa, that's, Hey, she deserves that. Then he turned around and honored Tuskegee Airmen who turned a hundred years old by pinning them as a general. The president then goes on to mention an African-American male who just got out of prison and how he has, because of his justice reform, this man is working and he's a productive member of society. And I'm not making this up. I mean, he says that because of his administration, he's created Opportunity Zones, which is gonna bring $100 million funding to inner cities. Then he has Senator Tim Scott stand up for an applause. Again, another text from my Republican friend saying, do you believe me now? Then it comes. Yes, he awards the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh. Now I have 52 texts saying this president is a racist and everything he said was just a setup to get the minority votes. Then I looked at my tweets, and who else but CNN, who was fact checking and said 50% of what the president said was a straight out lie.
1: We will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. <laughs> to report to you tonight that our economy is the best it has ever been. now completed over 100 miles and have over 500 miles fully completed in a very short period of time. Real median household income is now at the highest level ever recorded
0: is former president of the D.C. Young Democrats, Kevin Chavis, and he's joined by the president of the D.C. Young Republicans, Steve Sinners. Look, this is going to be a good show. We'll discuss all this and more, so let's get started. Welcome to Always Real Talk. Robert, it's great to have you in the studio, and uh, Kevin good to see you oh, again. Good to see you. Look, it's, it's, it's an exciting time, right? And I don't care what side you're on, it's exciting. Uh, we have another opportunity in the next couple of months to elect a president of the United States, and we all have a choice, right? We get to go in and we get to push a button, right? When we push a left button, the right button doesn't make a difference. We have an opportunity to do that. And I kind of want to start off just talking about, you know, the the state of the union. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think, a lot of people was watching the State of the Union, Robert. A lot of people were. You think— so?
2: you, you, you. That's what they say. They say a I, lot I mean, of people were watching they, it.
0: I don't know how many people watching it. A lot of people it. were
2: talking about it, that's for sure. Well,
0: I know a lot of people were talking about the impeachment trial. Not many people <coughs> was watching it. But when it comes to the State of the Union, everyone was watching it. I mean, Robert, why—I want to start off and talk about why is this election so important?
3: This election is important because um, the address highlighted it. President Trump is, is forecasting and showing that unity— Um, that while the Democratic Party is in disarray, um, it's an important time for Republicans to capitalize upon that. I mean, we have House elections coming out. We have important uh, elections in the Senate. And so I think injecting a little bit of that stability rather than some of the instability coming from the House of Representatives is important for Republicans. And so we're taking this seriously. We're out there. We're campaigning. And we're going to win in November. Kevin,
0: I mean, same question. You know, why is this election so important? Well, it's
2: critical. Uh, If Democrats want to reverse some of the damage that's been done by the Trump administration, uh, we've got to win the White House. Uh, and We definitely have to hold on to our majority in the House. That's important as well. Uh, But I think when you look at just some of the division that's been created by the Trump administration, um, I think it's been damaging for the country. Uh, We really haven't had a president who's been as open about misleading people. Uh, about mixing um, bold-faced lies with half-truths with some truth. Uh, and I think it is it is very dangerous to have um, a personality type in the White House that tends to be more of a divider than, than a unifier. I think that he, in the State of the Union, he did say some lines that would lead you to believe he was trying to unify people, but uh, generally his policies and the things he do are very contradictory. Like he did a lot of outreach to African-Americans. You know, you talked about Tuskegee Airmen, he talked about sort of low unemployment rate, but then he gives a Presidential Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh, who's one of the most okay. outspoken racists and bigots around. So those types of things are, are contradictory. You don't really know where he stands on things.
0: Well, well let me ask you a question, Robert. You know, the president, uh, there's a lot of conversation on both sides of the president, you know, being someone that can bring the country together, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, some looked at that speech, you see, in his eyes, he said he thought that that was contradictory. And, and I've talked to some Republicans who thought that he was trying to bring it together by actually recognizing those minority individuals that have made significant contributions to, the, to, to America, and then at the same time, recognizing others that have made the same thing. And why is the president having such a hard time kind of figuring out how to bring the country together?
3: I think that's because um, those on the left don't want a united country. They've been against President Trump from day one. Um, Washington Post had a headline, you know, 12 minutes after impe- after the president was inaugurated of now, the impeachment process has begun. This has been the goal of the Democrats since day one, to find something to impeach the president on. Last night, President Trump knew that his speech had to be a home run to bring together a voice of unity, and if you look at the polls, Seventy-something percent of independents approved of the speech. Um, Almost a majority of Democrats approved of the speech. Majority of Republicans did. I think what he did is he contrasted and showed that stability that the country, um, the track that that the country's headed on. We have low unemployment, low unemployment rates for African Americans, for women, um, increased protections for, you know, uh, LGBT citizens. People like that are paying attention and, and seeing that this president, maybe not in rhetoric always, because he speaks in such a hyperbole that, that people stay so laser focused on that if he says the answer is four, then they're like, no, it's five. But he said, well, four presidents before me. You know, that's just him speaking. In. But if you look at the agenda that he's putting forth, it is a message of stability, and people are paying attention to that as compared to the instability that's happening within the Democratic caucus, the primary. You know, everyone in the Democratic Party just seems to be running against Trump. They're running away from something rather than for a message of bringing people
0: together. Well, that's a good point, Kevin. I mean, um, it, it, it clearly, you, you see two sides, right? Right. And even though the economy is doing well, unemployment is down, especially in the minority communities, mm-hmm. uh, especially amongst women, but people still just don't like President Trump. So even if the numbers are good, even if all this great stuff is going on, uh, they don't attribute it to him, right? If You, know, you either hate the president, so you attribute it to, say, this is Obama, mm-hmm. it wasn't President Trump, you know. Why is it that people hate this president? Well, I'm not, how do some hate this president so much?
2: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with... And I
0: want to go to our young folks because, right. you know, we're here, yeah, with, we're here you know, the mm-hmm. former president of the uh, D.C. Young Democrats right. and is the current president of the young D.C. Republican uh, uh, Party. I want to, this is what I want to understand because I understand the older generation and it mm-hmm. just, you can, it's very clear, right? Yeah. But some people still don't know about the younger generation. Why don't well, you give me for, From the young
2: democratic perspective, I think that, you know, a lot of younger people, especially nowadays, millennials or Generation Z, uh, they actually have warmed up to more, uh, I guess, socialist, democratic socialist policies, if you look at polling. Um, socialism is more popular now among the younger generation so I think and when they say socialism I don't think they really know what it means I don't know but But they're thinking about Medicare for all and and things more progressive policies that would provide sort of a safety net for people and I think when they see Trump um, you know like he joined a lawsuit that would that would prevent the Affordable Care Act from providing Benefits to those with pre-existing conditions things like that I think hurt his standing with with young people who want to go the other way they want well,
0: I want to stop on that I want to yeah. stop on that because Kevin I mean he this is exact this is factual This is what took place and then yet the president at the State of Union said he was for pre-existing conditions And he made it very clear to stop to say that in his in his speech Has mm-hmm. he changed his tone uh, because that's one of the things that comes up quite often he says he's for the health care and pre-existing conditions, but at the same time, you've heard what Ke- uh, uh, Kevin said. What, what is your where, where? Where is the party on this? On pre-existing oh, where are young conditions? folks? Where are where young Democrats? Where are young I think, Republicans? I, on I this
3: think issue? one of the great things about Obamacare was that it uh, was that it secured pre-existing conditions. I don't think that you should um, be subjected to you know you lose insurance, you lose your job for three months, and boom, next thing you know, you okay. can't get your treatment for some condition you've had for ten years. I I don't see the administration pivoting on that. I just see that in the healthcare. Well, well, let me say
0: we did say you know the Department of Justice Mm -hmm. has you know filed a suit suit on that. So,
3: and I can give you I can give you an answer, but it's from a thirty thousand foot view. So the government's so large, not everything's always coordinated, and I'm sure that once the proper attention is made to that, then that will be the case. I mean, it goes back to people say Trump is putting people in cages. No. What that came out was from the enforcement of an Obama-era rule that this is how we're going to treat the detention of um, of, 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 of illegal, uh, illegal aliens that come into this country. It wasn't that somebody said this is what we're going to do. It's that because the policy was finally enacted that came out. So I think there's just some, some incongruency with the goals and how the policy is being carried out. And truly, I think this administration supports... Um, Pre-existing conditions being a protected class.
0: Yeah. So well, I, I will think say that's going to remain the same. Well, I will say this. I mean, anyone who knows and following President Trump, I don't think there's anyone in his administration is going to do something differently than he, what he wants, right? Because if you do, you're probably not going to have a job. So I don't know how the Justice Department is moving forward to stop something that he actually supports. It's but but that's, that's that's that's. I mean, then he must and he doesn't know what's going on in his government. I mean, it seems like there's a really disconnect because he'll stop mm-hmm. something that he doesn't like yeah. quickly. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah, now let's talk about this, the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is it such in shambles? Yeah, I'm I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, uh, it's, it's, it, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, we've had, you know, we, do, we have our show all the time and we had A. Scott Bolden on, we talked about this early on, and I said, you know, Democratic Party's trying to jump off the cliff. They're so far left, they're gonna fall off the cliff. And then everyone beat me up and said, no, they're not, ju- we need that, da, 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 da Yeah, they're off the cliff, right? And then everyone's trying to figure out how to get back off the cliff. And then the person that was jumping off, Bernie, they just, my goodness. I mean, it was like, we love Bernie now. Everyone hates Bernie. Right. right? So, I mean, why are they having such a hard time beating a president that they say nobody likes and nobody wants?
2: Well, part of it, we talked about it a little bit earlier, I think so many people he calls it TDS, Trump, Trump Derangement Syndrome, and it's I real. think there is some truth to that in the party, that whatever he does, it tends to get a reaction that may be overblown, it sort of throws Democrats off. So I think when you see, uh, you know, when everyone raised their hand and said that they would support health insurance for undocumented immigrants, you know, that wasn't necessarily the best thing to do when you're trying to win voters in the middle. But we I'm saying, but
0: it, so are they real on what they're saying, or are they just trying to see what voters I mean, want? I mean, at some point, you have to be authentic. Right. Right, and you have to believe something, and I think that's what young people like about Bernie Sanders, is mm-hmm. the fact that whether they agree or disagree with him, he's he's and, there, and right? And he's been consistent. And he's been consistent. He's been that person for decades. Yeah. And if you look at the I Republican... Bernie board,
3: Sanders. I don't like his ideas, mm-hmm. but I think he's a good person, and I think that's what yeah. part of the draw. He's not the standard politician,
0: and the same it's thing with and, and the same thing with President Trump. Right. You you might not like him, yeah. but you know he says this is what I'm going to do, and, and that's it. what he does it. So I'm just trying to figure out at some point there has to be a Democratic candidate. Would step up and be authentic and say what they believe and not what polls are telling them to
2: do. Right, and I think it starts with, with being able to give at least some credit where it's due. I mean, we know that Barack Obama did help stabilize the economy and sort of set it up to for success, but Donald Trump hasn't messed it up. I mean, the economy has continued to grow. I don't think the party can be afraid to give him credit when he's done something good just because you know we don't like him because of the tweets or the rhetoric um, and some of his policies that are damaging to low-income people and those who are not as well off but you have to be able to to admit when he's done something right um i mean even foreign policy or the trade deals i mean some of that stuff that he's talking about about bringing factories back to america i mean how can you really argue against that um you know, labor unions supported the new NAFTA deal, or the USMCA, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the China deal, so, but it, it seems like it's hard for Democrats to, to say that, to admit that he's done something right, and um, that, and I think he he's good about, about sort of making people crazy with the stuff that he says, I think that's part of his strategy too, to, to sort of make people so upset on the other side that it is hard for them to get around that. I mean, you see well, on I mean, Twitter a, how well, people react
0: to him. Well, a perfect example was a State of the Union speech. Yeah. Now, you have a State of the Union speech. He says all this good stuff. Now, mm-hmm. you know, they fact-checked and said that, you know, half the stuff he said wasn't true, but it, it, it but if you, if you took away the hatred for Donald Trump and you just listened, a lot of good stuff. Now, whether mm-hmm. it made sense, whether it was right, you know, whether he really believed it, I, we don't, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions about that. But when you honor a lot of people in what you did, when you talk about health care, pre-existing condition, even though he's fighting the pre-existing conditions, in the court. But I think that that's what people are kind of uh, talking about. But I, I just don't see why Donald, President Trump continues, even though people say, you know, I hate you, I hate you. And he goes, I hate you too. So, you know, I hate you, you hate me, you hate everyone. <laughs> everyone just hates everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think people are tired of that. Because what people want to know is what has worked for me and my family over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do over the next three years to make my life better, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people are watching this, you know, the Russians are getting us right? And, and, and killing right. the Russians Russia's didn't get this. I'm just, us I'm, just, I'm just saying, I just want to say that all, yeah. all, you know, it's just, just what I hear. is what people are telling me. We got an impeachment in the House, and the president should have been impeached, but they knew the Senate wasn't going to impeach him, and then the Senate didn't impeach him. So we, we spent all this time. And the real question I want to know, and the real question our listeners are asking us, is now: is you know, if Donald Trump is so bad, why has his approval rating got went up by ten points now, forty nine percent?
2: Well, that it, you know, he he's unique because he really hasn't consistently passed fifty. You know, if you look at. Uh, aggregation of his ratings I mean he's been consistently in the low 40s it did go up a little bit um I think there was one that came out that showed it like 44 45 well, a, he was at
0: 49 and he was at 39 he's at 49 so through all the impeachment through all that stuff he's, he's rose by 10 points right yeah. he so, so he's, 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 ro- he's the, rose by 10 points right and so you know why do you think that is
2: well I think uh, the pop from the um acquittal probably helped him um and I think that some of the you know I think the economic numbers that have come out that have continued to be strong have helped them too. And I also, think maybe the Iran affair. Well, you know, he took out Soleimani, um, okay. and Iran kind of they did a retaliation, but it wasn't, it wasn't really a real. Oh, they thing. backed down. Yeah, I mean, they he, he, down. he
0: said, "I'm going to get you." He said, "If you if you touch one of us, I'm going to come yeah. get you." And they touched one of us, and he went and he got yeah. the number two guy, right? right? Now whether you think he should have went and got him, or should he talk to Congress, should he told him, or whatever, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know most Americans. I want to, they know, they want, they care about their pocketbook, mm-hmm. and they care about being safe.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. Right. Because if you have a good pocketbook, then you can affect some of the economic, you know, uh, things that plague. You know certain communities, minority communities, right? right? If you don't have any economics, then you're not going to change yeah, the social, change right? The All right. And at the same time, they want to be safe. They want to know that we want to be safe. I can get on my bus. I can drive. I can Save America. Save America's America, still going to be a, a power, right? Yeah. Yeah. And those two things, it seems to be that's what people are talking about. Yeah. But yeah, you know, when it comes to the President Trump, I mean, people just really hate this guy. I mean, it, it, I mean, and they and they don't hate him. I mean, they hate him for the a left, reason. The left. Does. Well, well, I mean, no, it's it's you still have some independence. And you still have a lot of conservatives, some conservatives, that are embarrassed about the things that he do, that he does, right? He's not a traditional politician. Well, I I don't think we'll ever have another traditional president. I don't think we'll ever see one. I I, I think people uh, like some of the untraditional things that Donald Trump's done, but they hate the, you know, some of the races and sexes and how he goes about carrying them. And people say, well, he just says it. He doesn't know if he believes in it, but he says it. It comes across, people feel it. And he hasn't figured out a way to change that. And I don't know if they, the Republican Party, want to change that because it seems to be working out, they think, well for them because the economy's still growing, jobs are still, unemployment is still low, yeah. you know, we're passing wonderful things. but we But the fact that moderate um, Democrats, independents, and Republicans are embarrassed by this president. is still alarming, and I think that's why the forty-nine percent is there. It's the highest he's ever had, right? It, it, I believe it is. I believe it, it is. is. I tell you what, we'll be right back. When we come back. We're going to talk about the strategy moving forward. We're going to talk about the Democratic candidates, and then we're going to talk about how and what the thought process is on uh, President Trump changing up and becoming someone that people think he should be. We'll be right back. <laughs> right after All right, then we're back and we're talking uh, to, our, you know, some of the, the brightest young minds in this political atmosphere. Uh, we have Kevin Chavis, who is the former president of the D.C. Young Democrats. And we have Robert Sinners, who is uh, currently the president of the Young Republicans. Is that correct? And we're back, and we're talking about this campaign. I know no one's you know, paying attention to the campaign wrong. Everyone's paying yeah. attention to the campaign, right? And what they're paying attention to is on this Iowa caucus was such a, I mean, let me tell you, I worked wow. the Clinton-Gore campaign. I was in Florida for the recount. It, it, know, it was, I was down there and they oh, we won, we won, and then woke up and didn't win. It was terrible. And this looks, seems to be, you know, a, why can't the Democratic Party get themselves together?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I was had problems, and they've had problems, you know, Democrats and Republicans, I think, when Huckabee won in 2012. Oh, we're going to get to we're that. So, we're going to get to that, the, but right now the, we're, yeah, we're going to focus
0: dem- on it it was the, was the Democratic Party and how they just really, you know, created, you know, here you, here you have uh, the first primary, all the focus is on it, everyone's, you know... Is it going to be uh, Pete? Is it going to be Bernie? Is it who is it going to be? And we still don't know. Yeah, we still don't know, right? It, it's embarrassing.
2: It, it is embarrassing. They tried to make it more transparent by counting, having three separate counts or three separate numbers that they would release, um, and, and didn't seem to work. Uh, I, I just think they really take pride in being first—that first in the nation role—and I think they overthink it sometimes, honestly. And I just don't know if the caucus format is really the most fair. You know, it starts oh, so you, at 8 p.m. So, do you, so
0: do, you, do you believe that the caucus format should be changed?
2: I do because it leaves people out of the process. I mean, you have to be there at 8 p.m. Sometimes it goes late into the evening, early morning. Whereas a traditional primary, the polls are open, you know, 7 a.m., 8 p.m. You've got all day. You can you can come vote when you can, when you can make it and then go back to work or handle business. But just the caucus system, to me, is not it's sort of outdated now. It's sort of, it, it's sort of reminiscent of, you know, the people in cigar filled rooms talking about it and saying, right, well, right. come I, to this I, side, I come to that side. So, so I, just think I think it's it outdated. could have been more
3: orchestrated than we know. I mean, you see the way the fallout is that no candidate got a bump. And if anything, yeah. um, Buttigieg should have gotten a bump. Uh, Sanders should have gotten a bump. Buttigieg and, uh, and Biden are tied for second in New Hampshire imagine the momentum that that mayor Pete could have been able to capitalize upon that he's not able to moving into New Hampshire I think there could have been some nefarious play I truly do but at the end of the well day, we heard dead the yeah. they shut down that's that's what happened to test that app I know the Department of Homeland Security reached out and offered to test the app
0: yeah, but DNC hold on, but, but, the DNC, no, but the DNC came on and they said that they never had any conversation with the Department of Homeland Security. Well, I mean, that's one thing. Yeah, he not. said, I mean, I don't know. It
3: highlights the election security that, that we need to do. I mean, people talk about hacking, Russian interference. That's been a threat for 50 years, as I said earlier. And one of the things that that, that Congress is not taking serious is election security. I know uh, Rodney Davis, the ranking member of the House Administration Committee, offered an amazing election security bill, the Shield Act, that was just struck down on party lines. And basically what it would have done is offer DHS cybersecurity uh, 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 funding and support to state election offices. And I think one of the great things we have in our country right now is elections that are so diverse and, and overseen by counties, by states, and they're so different that they, there's no way to hack one election and hack it all. The, the Democrats' plan right now is to centralize elections into the Department of Homeland Security and basically make it one database mm-hmm. that would be more vulnerable to hacking. So I think if we want to have this conversation on the Iowa caucus, it should be seen through something of an election security perspective because that, I think, is a true threat.
0: Now, I mean, you guys had the Republican Party had the same issue a couple years ago, didn't they?
3: With uh, in twenty twelve, did. he
0: didn't even he didn't know he won until it was it was too late.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, he's still I think he's still a little salty on that. I would be salty. Yeah, I'll probably, I would yeah. be salty. I be salty on that. Let's talk about the candidates that's coming up. I mean, Bloomberg seems to be Michael Bloomberg seems to be the candidate that has out has strategically outsmarted the entire Democratic slate of candidates that's up. He stayed away from all of the debates. He hasn't been involved in anything. He's put millions of dollars. Did you see his ads everywhere, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, and he seems to say, hey, man, look, look how bad they are. Here I come to save today. I mean, what are, what are young folks thinking about Michael Bloomberg and his candidacy?
2: Well, I think he's still generally unknown to a lot of the nation because you said like you said we haven't seen him yeah, you know he's avoided, he's avoided a lot of debates he but well, I no, think hes sending a lot of money yeah, on ads, I mean, are helping and that is a good way to get your name out there because you're controlling the message very positive makes him look like he's in charge and you know I mean he, I mean he's New talking York, about the work. environment
0: he's yeah. talking about education, he's talking about you know the economy he's talking about the health yeah. he's talking about I can beat Donald Trump. Right, you know, at his own
2: game. At his own yeah, game,
0: yeah. and I can, you know, fund my own campaign. Are, are young Democrats ready to see two billionaires running for the presidency of the United States?
2: Well, I hope that if he gets the nomination, that they can put whatever feelings they have aside and get behind them uh, because, you know, we got to support the nominee. But I think that a lot of them probably aren't ready yet because they love Bernie you know Bernie's base is young progressives young Democrats and and he still I mean he looks like he won Iowa I guess or they tied him and Mayor Pete so at this point the last thing a Bernie Sanders supporter wants to do is probably to talk about supporting Mike Bloomberg (laughs) yeah but I mean the question
0: is are you know have the young folks been put off by what took place in Iowa, because some say that it's a a way to stop Bernie Sanders. Everyone's against Bernie Sanders. Like, it's the Stop Bernie Sanders movement. It Mm -hmm. used to be the Stop Joe Biden movement, right? It was like, ooh, stop Joe, stop Joe. Now it's like, let's stop Bernie, let's stop Bernie. And, you know, we knew what happened last time. People were put off by that. I think
2: they, they are put off, and I think that's part of the genius of Bloomberg's strategy to avoid the Iowa and the New Hampshire and Nevada sort of primaries and caucuses i mean why should those matter as much anyway they're not as diverse they don't have that many delegates super tuesday is really when it starts so maybe he's ahead of the curve and thinking that way um and and waiting for the field to kind of get um called down a bit because there are gonna have to be some people that drop out um you would think after at least
0: after um
1: we finished
0: New
2: Hampshire
1: and yeah, Nevada, and South Carolina. Carolina. Well, it should have
3: than Iowa. Someone should have dropped out, obviously. Well, a lot of people dropped out. Well, a lot of
0: people dropped out before. I mean, that's true. So, as it relates to as we move down uh, uh, south, you know, I was looking at the impeachment of President Trump, and we had only Republican that voted for impeachment against his own party's nominee, and he based it on God, yeah. right? Um, but what you know? What are young folks? Saying about that, something that's historic—it you know hasn't happened before ever. It's
3: mixed. I mean, it is I mean, historical, but um, you know, Governor Romney and or Senator Romney has has always been his own man, and you know, I'm not going to go out and say anything negatively on him. I think, uh, in his heart of hearts, he felt the way he felt. Um, but I think it will be more harmful uh, to the party, to the Republican Party, to ostracize him because I think something that I've always appreciated about the Republican Party. Is that it is very a grassroots uh, organization. Um, and there's room for a number of, of voices. And I think, uh, you know, loyalty, blind loyalty, is not always strong for the party. And so while I'm not in support of, uh, of Senator Romney's vote, um, you know, I'm not going to badmouth the guy for, right. for doing something that he truly felt in his convictions. That he should know. do.
0: Uh, you know, question what I hear, and, and one came in, and it was a question that the caller wanted us to ask, and it had something to do with the Republican Party. You know, why hasn't the Republican Party attracted African Americans? Have they written off the African American community?
1: No, I don't
3: think they've written off the African American community at all. Uh, in fact, I think conservative policies, um, true economic conservative policies um, uh, are more helpful and build wealth, especially to the African American community. And you can see what this administration is actually doing. Uh, Secretary Carson um, unleashing opportunity zones that will affect 35 million African Americans um, have already started. Uh, Baltimore, for example. $100 $100 billion of wealth is being injected into creating better schools, better roads, better infrastructures in, 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 in disadvantaged communities. And I think it's that policy aspect that you have to look at. But really, you know, the DNC has had a hold on the African American vote since and before, you know, Lyndon Johnson. And we know from history that that was not a tried and true uh, heartfelt effort. He saw right, uh, the building right. of, uh, of of housing projects, of creating the welfare system as a way to captivate that audience for generations to come. He said it in a more colorful way that I will not repeat, but you know, it worked.
0: But but I mean, I guess the question still becomes: Why has the Republican Party seemed to just say, not even you know, outside of one or two people, you sprinkle something here there and say I tried? There doesn't seem to be really any concerted effort to really go after the African American community and get the African American, because since I keep hearing from Republicans, you mm-hmm. know, African Americans are conservative, the values are the same, mm-hmm. but I don't see any coalition with them really being open um, to to be accepted in terms of African Americans as a part of I mean, it. I the mean, I, think I, mean I mean, that's, that's what, uh, you know, when you want something, you go out, you go after it, you go get it, right? Because right. you believe that it's, it's going to enhance your product, right? And they I don't Accepting that. is the
3: wrong term, though. I mean, the Republican Party is accepting to anyone. Um, I know in my organization, our par- members or our executive board are people of color, so I mean, I can't really go with that argument. Um, but I will say that, you know, it's as simple as sitting down with someone and having a conversation of why our policies are better. And I think it goes back to the fact that the Democrats have had a control and a, an iron fist on the African-American community. For now, two
0: generations. Yeah, but I mean, when, That's hard to break. Well, out. that's true. But when you want a wall, you go out and you do everything to get the wall. Mm. You build the wall because you believe in the wall. And you think the wall is the right thing to do, and you, you fight for it. And that's what you get when you want to, you know, stop, you know, increase immigration uh, reform. You go after it. You do what you want. You know, you make it happen. When you want to give tax breaks to the rich, you just figure it out. You do it. You go after it. You make it happen. When you want to actually attract, you know, African Americans and other minorities and Latinos and Asians to the to the party. It's uh you know, hey, we'll 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 figure that out later. We're open, we love you, you know, come on, come on, come all, but it doesn't seem that way. Well, Same Trump, time with Trump's the democratic support
3: is building within the African American community. And I've seen some polls recently that's into the double
0: digit. Do you think he's going to get. <laughs> two, <laughs> that's <did> he, <laughs> that's he, what his <laughs> polls are saying. <laughs> I, you know, that, but I don't know. <laughs> well, let me ask you, do you think that Donald Trump will get uh, move up one point in the African community in this yeah, election? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Two points? You think he'll get or two more. points? Wait. So if he gets two points. Somebody I mean, get eight last time? Eight I don't know, but he, he said he'd get the double digits. If he gets to a double digits African American community, that's a problem. I don't know how the Democrats are going to win. That's a problem. So, I mean, why do Democrats who agree with some of Donald, President Trump's policies or some of President Trump's successes, why does the African community blaze them for even coming out and saying anything? We just talked about it, right? Some things are good, we just don't talk about it because we want to be, hey, why is that?
2: Well, African American, the, the block of votes that are sort of the black vote is very strong. I mean, probably more than any other race racial group, we vote, when we break one way or the other, we break that way. You know, I mean, 90% of the vote goes, went to Hillary Clinton or 92 or so, that's a lot. I mean, the Latino community, the Asian community, even the white community, it doesn't break down like that. Um, And we also, you know, a lot of us, we vote for who grandmother tells us to vote for or grandfather tells us to vote for. And Donald Trump's biggest problem is with African American women, women in general, but definitely with black women. They do not like Donald Trump, which, Makes sense. It's, kind, some it's of kind of hard stuff.
0: to vote against someone your mama like. <laughs> right. I, I'm yeah. just saying, it's just you yeah. know, yeah. When they your mama look holes. at you and be like, hey, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you, you, know, I know your mom, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She so we,
2: yeah. I can't, my <laughs> mom likes Bernie, so I'm not going to But I do think that's part of. But also, we remember some of the stuff he did before running. You know, the housing discrimination, Central Park Five, the birtherism movement against Barack oh, Obama. Yeah. So it's hard. You know, when you have a memory or a long memory, it's hard to just ignore some that stuff, just because the unemployment rate has continued to fall since he's been president. I mean, it was already dropping with Obama, it's continued to fall. You know, I don't think he deserves a parade for that. You know, the net worth for blacks has actually gone down in the last decade. Home ownership rates are down. So just because more jobs have been injected into the market, is it really um, changing lives? Are people, are black people better off now than they were, you know, 30, 40 years ago? In, a, in the long-term, sort, of, are we set up for long-term success? And really, we're not. You know, you talk about Opportunity Zones, but that, you know, you have to have capital gains before you can even qualify. That's just putting gentrification, really, on like a fast track. It does, it, there's not many people that are from these communities that are benefiting from the Opportunity Zones, at least not right now. So I think, you know, it's hard to just overlook some of the stuff we've seen him do in the past and um, just some of the rhetoric you know going no, after no, the congressmen no. of <laughs> color and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, clearly, uh, you know, the yeah, president but,
3: was that racially based or was it because they're they're literally the loudest opponents of Trump in congress. I see I think, well, well, like that, I think the way we tend to be and we're such a sensitive society in 2020 now, hopefully not as bad as 20, 2019. I think uh, I think we're getting better. But it's things like that. Is was that racist? Well, I don't if think it's viewed against, it just if 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 I call somebody a name and they happen to be somebody of a different, you know, uh, identity, does that make me against that identity or against that person? So, I think so, so, we society has a hard time making that distinction.
0: So, is you so is your point is your point the fact that. Donald Trump just whoever says anything about yeah. it, he just hates well, whoever true. doesn't like him. Uh, see, so, no it's is that think, what you think?
1: I
3: truly think Trump does not have the time in his day to hate people. I just think he's the master of being able to get under people's skin, and that's something that Democrats have not figured out since Donald Trump has been on the scene since 1975.
0: No, no, no. people Robert, haven't figured him out. Robert, <clears throat> come on now, Robert. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he just dislikes people. Like, you know, if in fact you disagree with him, you're the enemy, and he and man, everyone man, says that. Man. It's none of this, I'm but getting underneath your skin. I don't
3: stewing on Pelosi, Well, Some
0: right people right? say he, did, he does. I he mean, watches he's, TV and he, gets upset. He, he, and, he and he
3: tweets.
2: tweets. They I mean,
0: records of tweeting. I mean, that was a good one, though. I, I appreciate <laughs> you trying. Hey. That, that, that I, was a good I try, do, but but I want to
2: In the past, and just some of the rhetoric, you know, going after the congressman of color and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, I mean, clearly... You know, the yeah, president but, uh, was that
3: racially based, or was it because they're they're literally the loudest opponents of Trump and Congress? I see. I, I, think well, well, like that that, I think the way we tend to be, and we're such a sensitive society in 2020 now. Hopefully, not as bad as 20, 2019, I think uh, I think we're getting better, but it's things like that. It's, was that racist? Well, I don't if think it's not. viewed I think against, it if 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 I call somebody a name and they happen to be somebody of a different, you know, uh, identity does that make me against that identity or against that person so so, i so, think so, we've, society has a hard time making that distinction so as
0: so as your point is your point the fact that donald trump just whoever says anything yeah. he just hates well, whoever doesn't like him
1: so I don't know whether is that think, what you think
3: i truly think trump does not have the time in his day to hate people i just think he's the master of being able to get under people's skin and that's something that democrats have not figured out since Donald Trump has been on the scene since 1975. People haven't figured him out. Robert,
0: come on now, Robert. Yeah. he, He just dislikes people. Like... You know, if in fact you disagree with him, you're the enemy, and he, and man, everyone man, says that man. it's none of this. I'm but getting underneath your I don't
3: skin. Think he stands around s- I mean, he's stewing on. Some people say he
0: he does. Well, right right. He, did, he, does. he mean, watches TV, he, and gets upset, some, and, you know, and he tweets. tweets breaking I mean, records, of tweeting. I mean, that was a good one, though. I, I appreciate you trying. <laughs> hey. That, that, that I, was a good I, try, I do, but but I want to get back yeah. to this. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg, and a President Trump matchup, I think President Trump's nervous about that matchup. That's the one I think is gonna be nervous. I think him and Bernie is—he's nervous about that one. He, you know, he's starting to call you know Michael Bloomberg all these names. You know how he gets when he feels like someone's right close to him. Like,
2: mm-hmm. It was it? Joe Biden at first. It, I think oh he yeah, was yeah, nervous about yeah, yeah, Bernie.
0: yeah. Well, it's been everyone, right? It's crazy, Bernie. But I think he's now he's I like, don't look, think he's, he's worried Bloomberg. about Biden that much. He's no, not anymore. I think Let's go back to, to Bloomberg. Let's go. Bloomberg. I want to go back to Bloomberg. Yeah. Right. a President Trump, Bloomberg, general election. Uh, is something that I think the polls have Bloomberg beating them. Um, I, you know, all those conservative values. I mean, conservative values
3: it. from Bloomberg. Yeah, I mean, he used ban- to be a banning, banning my soda does not seem to be soda conservative tax. to me. I mean, that—that's me. I'm the anti-anti-tax on the soda <laughs> guy. I'm out. I'm yeah. out of Bloomberg. I don't think he's that worried about it. I think his biggest threat would come from a young, fresh face. Honestly, like Mayor Pete. The problem is. Mayor Pete's like at zero percent among African American voters. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he has well, any you think supportive. But I mean, and that's how you win the South. So you think that's how you, you, you win think the Pete? That's a big so problem. you think
0: Pete? You think you think he? You think Pete? I mean, you've mentioned Pete a couple times. So you think I think he's the, the, a,
3: the future of the Democratic Party, at least to attract the independents. Um, Sanders, a younger Sanders, would do well, but we don't have one. I mean, the only one I can think of is like an AOC, and I think the likability factor is, is yeah. Zero. But
0: but hold up, we, we got Trump. And and Trump wasn't young, but he was different. Yeah. Right? But he wasn't young. So he was like, oh, we got to find the next young thing. Well, you know, we woke up and Trump's down the president Mm -hmm. of the United States. Not a young thing, you know, 70 years old. So I'm not sure, just saying we need to find anyone young and if they're halfway decent, they they could be the next face of the party. You
3: got to give people a contrast. If you give Bloomberg, it's two old white billionaires from New York. I mean, how similar can you be? I mean, you're not, you're, you're choosing between Brie and Gouda at this point. You're not choosing anything drastically wild. Um, uh, but, it go- but it
0: goes back to the point of, you mentioned Kevin, when they asked him what's the number one objective, what did they say? Right,
2: to beat down Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, yeah. So
0: then yeah. when you are moderate, when you are a uh, independent, and you are a Republican, right, that doesn't like what they see and how Trump acts, but likes the policies that Trump present. I don't know. I, right. I don't Maybe know. am just going to Bloomberg say it right now, they see who Bloomberg can continue that. Who, can continue who wouldn't, that. Who wouldn't
2: yeah. change the good things? I and guess. can
0: Bloomberg, you know, garner the can, minority can he win community? Can't win delegates at right. this
3: point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a lot of
0: people. I mean, the, he the,
3: seems to not have that lesson down.
0: Well, I don't. I, you say that, but he's spending a lot of time in California. He's, he's, got, he has, he's gotten a lot of uh, uh, mayors in yeah. urban areas yeah. Yeah. that came out and have endorsed him. I mean, they've endorsed him already. The mayor yeah. of the District of Columbia, Meryl yeah. Bowser, came out. She's endorsed him. They had the mayor, I think, of some place in California. I think San Diego or yeah, San Francisco. And, and, yeah, in Stockton, and another small city. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but what, what I'm saying is that yeah. he is now spending the resources and the money to gather enough uh, support.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Without being in the, without being on stage, without anyone shooting at him, yeah. and I just think that, now you heard right here, it's always real talk, I believe that, you know, I think the president is scared of Michael Bush, now I'm going to say scared, because I don't think Donald Trump's scared of anyone, uh, but I do think he will cause him some sleepless nights yeah, uh, yeah, with, 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 with him in the race, so I'm going to give you some closing comments, what is your prediction on the Democratic primary? Well, overall, I think um, Super Tuesday. I'm, I'll keep it easy super for you. Super Tuesday. I saw you. I "He's like, like that." Was a big question. Man, I'll keep like, it Super Clip Tuesday a
2: coin or something. Off super Super
0: Tuesday. So, give me New Hampshire and Super <laughs> <Yeah>. Tuesday. <laughs> yes,
2: Super Tuesday. I think um, you can go, you can't rule out Bernie Sanders because of the momentum, um, but I think that you know he's been running now for since 2016 still didn't blow us away in iowa i don't know if it will translate i don't know if he's really sort of hit that that wave outside of new england or
0: well, yes. if, in fact, if, if Warren and Sanders have the same base. Right, so And if, in fact, out there, if he went out won and a race, yeah, Bernie yeah, would have had 50-something. that would have been 50% of the vote, because most people who voted for Warren would have voted for Sanders. If Warren wasn't yeah. in the race, he would have had 50%. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. It would have been a blowout if he would have been on in New Hampshire. Well, right? That, I mean, that's yeah. that, so, you know, how long Warren stays in the race, we'll figure that out. But that's the real question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I, it,
2: mean, I think Bloomberg, though, is a dark horse because the polling numbers have shown him going up. Um, with the, the ad blitz, and he's putting more money into his ads, starting to ramp up the events, the fundraisers, you know, having uh, DJs, I heard he has some event with like celebrity DJs. Well, 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 you know, but... <laughs> you know, but, no, but, no, but he's starting to ramp no, up. No,
0: but you think about it. People say he's spending money, right? That's, yeah, but it, is that what you, you want? Know? Well, no, but no. But, but
2: that's what it takes. But let's, back, let's, let's back up. People say,
0: say that he's spending money, and it's easy to say that because he is spending money. Mm-hmm. But at the second time, you just sat here, and we just all just sat here and said, the number one thing is to what?
2: Donald Trump. Okay,
0: So we just sat here and we said, right now it looks like a circus.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: Okay. And then they see this guy that's not a circus. Looks like he's not a circus, right? Because he's not in the mix. Right. He's
2: been on the outside. And
0: you want to know why his numbers are going up? Because mm-hmm. he's, strategic. he's, been, he's out outsmarted way. everyone in the race. Now, will that hold up? It's mm-hmm. a different story. But right now, he has strategically outsmarted the Democratic Party by doing what he's doing. His numbers are going up. They think he's spending money and, and, you know, paying for DJs. Eh, No, people, Democrats want Trump out, and -hmm. they don't care who it is. They want Trump out. And when they look around and see who's not the circus, he seems to be the guy that's not the circus and the guy that can go toe-to-toe and has the resources to do it. But can
3: he have the delegates to back that up if he's not competing in these... States. yet to
0: be seen yet yeah, but we'll yeah, find, super we'll, we'll tuesday find is when it, we'll, it starts yeah. super super tuesday. that's why i went back to Especially my super tuesday question yeah. super tuesday is coming up you know when you you know i think that mayor pete's going to do a great job in new hampshire but I mean, when it gets to south carolina you're from south, south carolina. carolina so you he's, tell me do you think okay gonna, no, so you're gonna no. go down so when you take that sweep through <laughs> there no. the question is you know who bus stops in south carolina and
3: it probably will uh
2: yeah. yeah, and like you said, Robert, no one got a bump really from Iowa because it was like a tie. I think they only ended up with like ten or eleven delegates each, which mm-hmm. it, which isn't yeah, a lot. Even someone like Joe Biden is not 11, done.
3: Bernie got eleven, yeah. and then uh,
0: yeah. Warren got some, and one got, got yeah, one got and one got a couple. So yeah. I mean, I think the race begins on Super Tuesday. Yeah, right. I think so too. And I think that's where you're going to see people drop off, mm-hmm. and then that's where you're going to see you know the president of the United States start to you know tweet more. And whoever looks like they're, you know, you know, going to be ahead.
3: I'd love to see a brokered convention, there. That would be my wildest dream come true. Though. Oh, a broken brokered <laughs> convention. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I guess it is a possibility with it all would the, be.
3: you it know, would be. especially if they're keep stay above that fifteen you know, percent threshold yeah. in a lot of these states.
0: Robert, you've been laughing a lot, but you know, every candidate on there that's been polled beats Trump. Every single last one of them. He doesn't beat anyone. I mean, in the head-to-head polls. Head-to-head yeah. polls. He doesn't beat anyone. He doesn't beat anyone. I mean I, that's that's is that something that think you think like you're 90, concerned about?
3: Ninety two percent of polls I think said Hillary was gonna win last time around. I think it comes down to the science. It's the targeting key states, flipping former Democratic states back, you know, New Mexico's on the map. Virginia's even on the map this cycle. There are key states where there is a targeted effort. No, do you
0: think do, you think do you think Trump can can win you think the Republicans can win Virginia? Okay, it took too long. Took Wrong too numbers. long. No, no, no it <laughs> took too long. too long. Let's go to, let's go to New Mexico. Over, I'm let's over 50%. Up. Took I'm too long. New Mexico.
3: Yeah, it's very possible. Okay. It's a Bush state, Obama state. could be a Trump state. Ohio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, for
0: sure. Florida. I was in Pennsylvania Florida. in 2016. Florida. Florida, yeah. 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 You think the Democrats can win Virginia?
2: Yes, I think r- Democrats will probably win Virginia. Just because Northern Virginia is so... So blue now.
0: Thanks, it seems Like days <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's go to Ohio. Ohio, I think we can. Oh, uh, You pausing? We're pausing. We're pausing. We're pausing. Pennsylvania.
2: I think Pennsylvania. We could win Pennsylvania. Florida. Florida's probably tough. Oh, you
0: are pa- pausing, yeah, you're pausing. again. We can. You're pausing but again. New Mexico. Florida's always close. New Mexico, yes. I okay. think Democrats. So here probably. we go. You paused on on Virginia. Yeah. Right. You paused on Ohio and Pennsylvania. Well, right. Ohio and Florida, really. And Florida, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Ohio, Florida, right? Now, if you don't win Ohio and Florida, you don't win the election. You don't win the White House. Right. right unless you go and flip some other states. Yeah, you have to I flip all right. the other. And if, Michigan. And, and, and you know, let us go back. to You know, you mentioned. You know, Virginia is important.
3: Virginia is very important.
0: Right. Yeah. You paused on Virginia.
3: The reason is, is because look at what's happening. The Democrats have. If you don't cha- have all chambers of government, mm-hmm. but the key thing that I'm looking at is the raw vote totals, because some districts have changed, um, so you have, you know, essentially gerrymandering on the Democratic side happening, but if you look at the state legislative elections in 2019, more Republicans turned out, more people voted Republican. We lost seats, but more Republicans turned out, and I think especially with with what's happening with, um, say, the gun special session going down there, Mm -hmm. it's energizing these Republican voters that stay home on Election Day. And I think there's nothing energizing the Democrat voters in uh, in Virginia right
0: now. Well, I tell you what, you know, as we move forward, I want to thank both of you for coming in. It's always real talk. We're here. we like to have this. We'll definitely have you guys back, you sure. know, after yeah. New Hampshire. We'll come back. We'll talk about New Hampshire. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, come back after Super Tuesday. All right. All right. Great. Sounds- well, if it's always real talk, you know it's going to be real.